Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue learning Pirkeabot, Ethics of the Fathers, with Chapter 4, Mishnah 6, in which Rabbi Ishmael bar Rabbi Yosef says, One who studies Torah in order to teach is given the means to study and to teach, and one who studies in order to practice is given the means to study and to teach, to observe and to practice. So, the, 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 what the Mishnah is saying very clear is that whatever your intention is, that's what you're going to get. So if your intention is to teach or to observe, is clearly that's what you're going to get. You're going to teach and you're going to observe. And uh, the Torah is the essence of existence. It really is the blueprint of creation. Hashem first created the Torah and then He created the world according to the Torah. And every attempt to imbue this world with the theory and practice of the Torah enhances the world's existence. So the Creator helps these efforts succeed because they contribute to His creation. So everything that is infused with Torah, Hashem energizes it. Because this is the whole purpose for which He created the world, was to give a wor- make a world that is based on Torah values. So here we see that the following paragraph of background will help, help us approach this idea in a more profound level. Uh, the Maharal of Prague, in this book of the Pirkeavot, the Pirkeavot of the Maharal of Prague, he explains that there's two, two components in life. One is the physical world, which is the material. And then we have a conceptual world, which is the ethereal, spiritual, uh, you cannot measure it, you cannot count it. So you have these two types of existence in the world. The first one, the physical, is very limited. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not eternal. It has a, it's finite. While the conceptual world or the spiritual world is a world that is eternal and it has no beginning, has no end. It, it's, it's, it's never ending. And uh, it's completely the opposite from the other one. They are unlimited by space or time and need never come together to an end. Another quality of, of something that is conceptual is that they can infuse their superior existence into the physical world. So the spiritual world can infuse the material world. For example, uh, food is a material part of the world. So when you buy kosher food and you're using it to make a meal for Shabbat and you're going to have guests in your house and you put your nicest dishes and your nicest tablecloth and you invite people over, this physical part of the world is going to be elevated into the spiritual part of the world. But you cannot uh, elevate the spiritual into the material. It's the other way around. So the Torah is on a completely conceptual plane and therefore does not automatically appear in this physical world. So, however, when mundane life cries out for the conceptual to enrich its existence, Torah responds enthusiastically, always and ready to share and impart its knowledge and its superior existence to the world. So, the the, the spiritual world is always ready to aid the material world, and he gives us a metaphor here, in which uh, he considers that the, that drives air to join with wood to make fire. Like if there's no air, there's no way you can light um, a match. Uh, when you light a candle and you cover it with a cup, it's gonna extinguish because if it has no air, 
then no oxygen, there is not going to be able for the light to, to survive. So it says that despite the great power of waiting to be unleashed, the fire needs to be initiated by lighting the wood. So the fire is not going to come by its own. It needs to be ignited. And um, so too does the Torah. We have uh, the Torah needs to be ignited. Like you have that sefer in your house, you have a homage, you have a nice Torah book in your house, you have the Torah scroll in the shul. But if people don't come for Shabbat services on, on, on Saturday or they don't come on Monday and on Thursday to bring out the Torah, then the, the, the Torah cannot have the effect in the world. It needs to be propelled. It needs to be unleashed. So, uh, so it says here that so too does Torah have great creative power, power to unify, elevate and actualize the world. When a person tries to bring Torah teachings and observance into the world, he lights the fire, so to speak, and unleashes the power of Torah. So it's not enough only to learn Torah and to practice Torah. We need to unleash Torah. We have to ignite it. We need to be people that walk in the street and people look at you and they say, you know what? I would like to be like that. I, I, I like that person. I like the way he, he lives. I like the way he thinks. I like the way he gets... Uh, through lives, I would like to be like that. He's that it's a personification of a person that lives Torah. So, so it says here that that since success is teaching depends upon success in learning, God grants him both. So, if a person wants to be successful in teaching Torah, Hashem grants him the success to learn Torah. Because if you cannot learn it, how are you gonna teach it? Funny enough, when a person teaches Torah, Hashem gives him the, the, the intelligence to understand it. It's incredible. Sometimes I learn something and I can't get it and I can't get it. And once I take it out of my mouth and I teach it to somebody, then I get it. So one who studies Torah in order to teach is given only the means to study and teach. But he's not given special divine assistance to practice Torah. The reason is that intentions bring about their own fulfillment. So intention is the most important uh, tool in serving Hashem because everything is in the intention. Like you can learn Torah with the intention of getting wise and knowledge and you want to know something new and you want to seem intelligent with other people. And if that's your intention, it's a bad intention. It's not to serve God. It's not the right intention. But if you learn Torah, because you know what, I'm a Jew, I, it's commanded, I need to learn Torah, I need to connect to Hashem's will, I want to be able to fulfill His will in this world, so I have to know what He wants, and you're doing for Hashem, then it's a bigger, a bigger intention. So here it says that the um, intention to practice Torah is so far-reaching that it encompasses learning in the depth and breadth needed to succeed in learning and teaching as well as doing. So the, the intention of, of learning and teaching is, is not enough. It's okay. It's beautiful. A person wants to learn Torah and he wants to go and teach it to someone else. Beautiful. It's commendable. But to learn it, teach it, and practice it is a different, it's a different level on itself. Because in summary, Torah is so conceptual, it's so ethereal, it's so spiritual that it is as far removed from the physical world 
However, the world needs Torah for its existence and therefore has heaven assist people in their efforts to bring Torah into the world. So when it says here, practice Torah, in reality, also Rabbi Tversky is saying it's not only for a Jew to live a Torah life, to live Torah. That's beautiful, but there's even a step further, and that is to ignite someone else, to bring someone else closer to, to Hashem, to be a, 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 a role model for someone else or for many people that they see you, they see the life you live, and people would like to emulate that. And that's the, the, the biggest one of all. And now that we're in Hanukkah, the week of Hanukkah, we really, each one of us is a candle in that menorah. And we should increase in ourselves. We should never stay one. We should always light another candle and light another candle and light another candle. And in that way, the light of the Torah will be permeated throughout the whole world. So I want to wish you a beautiful Hanukkah, Hak Samea, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.